Hey, my name is Gavin, and I am the producer of Off the Notepad. Today, I'm extremely excited to share the very first episode of this brand new podcast. Today, you're going to be hearing from the extremely creative, fantastically funny minds of Victoria and Halika. Starting off today's episode, you're going to be hearing two prompts from Victoria and a character from Halika. This is going to be a very interesting dynamic. I hope you all enjoy it as much as I have listening while being in the studio. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy Off the Notepad. Hi there, I'm Halika Campbell. And I am Victoria D'Angelo. We are creative writing majors at Linfield University, experts in our field. Sure, some might say we're the greatest this department has. If you know who, let me know. <laughs> okay, so right. today we're running through some prompts. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one I got here is... You are a con artist who sells magical trinkets powered by belief. Everything changes when a school of magic forcibly recruits you in order to teach you to control your powers. We've got a couple things going on that I already love. You're a con artist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're skilled with items, like magical items of belief, or you sell them? It's powered by belief. like your fi- oh. it, It's like... Hey, I'm gonna give you this rock that I found on the ground, but it's going to make you super courageous, but only if you believe hard enough. Right, so you, you believe with all of your might in that rock, and all of a sudden... Yep. That's amazing. Okay. You're recruited by a school of magic. Interesting. Okay. See, I don't even know what I'd start with. Like, w- do we want, like, scumbag con artists, or are we thinking, like, lanky kid off the streets? <laughs> it's been... No one else has believed in this kid. They've had to believe in themselves the entire time. That'd be cute, though. That'd be cute. I mean, that's very, like... Oh, what is the word? That's very, like, magic school. You know, you start with the, yeah, the yeah. underdog protagonist. Yeah. You meet the other two idiots that they clown around with. Mm-hmm. See, I like the idea that it's some 27-year-old <laughs> mess who's been conning their way through life, and then this magic school is like, listen, we need a teacher. And yeah, we're also yeah, going to have yeah. to make you, like, redeem yourself. Like, you've committed so many crimes with this. You have to teach a class now and figure out how to get your shit together. Oh, he has to be a teacher. He's got to be a teacher. Interesting. Now, here's my question. Does this person actually have magic? Or are they legitimately a con artist? And the school just thinks they have magic. See, I'd love it if they were legit a con artist. Like, <laughs> just making their way through this magic world where everyone else has all sorts of ridiculously insane magic abilities you have people stopping time people conjuring fire and this guy who just had to go through all this like convincing other people that he has the power of belief that's wild he becomes a teacher and all he does is yell at his students you're not believing hard enough you need to believe a little harder and just like miraculously because i love the idea that the reader always has to doubt like does this guy have magic yeah because things keep falling into line but it's also like mundane things like something falls off of a door and somehow it's led to the catalyst of events like it's his real magic turns out to be good luck yeah <laughs> interesting See, because then we enter this interesting quandary where it's like, well, does does it ever get revealed that he doesn't have magic or he be- or he knows he doesn't have magic? Because mm-hmm. then does that put him at odds with the students? 
oh yeah that could be a reveal like hey i don't actually have magic piss off i hate all of you yeah piss off i hate all of you or even just like he grows so close to these students because yeah. you know yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. the age of sympathetic teacher characters yeah like, we love a good aggravated sleepless teacher like ugh. who adopts all of his students all of them so it's like con artist gets better as a person teaches magic kids how to deal with their magic stuff <coughs> but then magic kids realize their teacher isn't who they thought he was he was lying to them like they were his con victims oh man so then it's like how do you justify that yeah 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 i could see a really good like children's series off of that one yeah something something space <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot about space um <laughs> how would you bring that one into the space theme do you have any ideas uh it's called putting your co-host on the spot because you don't have any ideas <laughs> the space that your belief takes up controls how powerful you are oh that could be interesting the bigger the belief Ooh, yeah but then it's like how do you measure belief that would also be an interesting system but also like, this is a con man lying out of his ass so right He's just making it up as he goes. Absolutely. Oh, man. What kind of class would he teach? Oh. Is he teaching, like, history of magic? Oh, that'd be funny. Because <laughs> then he's just getting stuff wrong. Because you know he was never here for this. You know he, like, never once learned any of this shit. The students are correcting him. Because there's always that smart ass in the back. Oh, yeah. He's like, um, actually, this happened in the 18th century. And everyone else hates them. So it's like, if it's History of Magic, he's getting corrected constantly. Yeah. But I feel like it would be easier for him to bullshit History of Magic than it would be, like, a technical magic class. Oh, yeah. It definitely can't be anything, like, intro to pyrokinetics. Like, it's got to be vague enough for him to bullshit his way through. Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to add, producer man? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, kind of, like, running with that con, that could have been, like, the hook for, like, not all of the students, but one of the students actually finds out that he's not, he doesn't actually have any magic. Could be, especially if the student decided to blackmail him, too. That would be so funny. Con artist gets conned by 15-year-old. What if one of the 15-year-olds also doesn't have magic? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> They're from, like, this really prominent family who's rich and super famous and the kid's like i just want to make my family proud but i can't like make fire out of my fingertips right so then it becomes this because it's also like prim stick up ass rich yeah. kid mentality so it's like yeah. i'll tell you what i won't tell everyone else that you don't have magic if you help me discover mine yeah because then that could be the whole plot is trying to get this student to have magic and whether or not that's possible in this world I'd love this kid. I love how we've moved on from the teacher to the kid, but I love how this yes. kid would be like totally internalized. Like I need to have magic or I'm not good enough. And he would put that onto the teacher. Like you're not good enough. You're shit. Like I'm not like you. Oh yeah. And the con artist is like someone who's totally comfortable with himself. Yeah. You have to be if you're constantly lying to people. Yeah. So it's like, okay, kid, whatever you say. <laughs> Uh, casually puts the kid down <laughs> just like seven eye rolls like <laughs> down no, i love that that's such an interesting prompt should we move on to the next one sure what else you got so my next one is 
You were born with the ability to see the cause of people's future death as floating text above them. No dates, just a simple word of what causes their death in the future. One day, you are leaving work, but when you step outside, you notice everyone has the same text above them. You. A young girl runs up to you and tugs on your arm, excitement written on her face. She asks you, will you play a game with me? <laughs> That's like so webcomic-esque, like prompt. Yeah. Jesus, that's intense. Uh, what would you think for a protagonist for that one? You're leaving work, so you're clearly a little older. Yeah. I guess just starting with the basics, do you think that this protagonist, whoever they might be, have tried to prevent deaths in the past? Ooh, I could see that. Like, if not for random people, then, like, from people close to them, like, oh, this person will die in a car crash. And they're like, you're never allowed to be in a car ever again. <laughs> you're, we're not going to do that to you. Yeah, that'd be insane if it's, like, so vague. Because clearly it's not specific, so you, you yeah. just, like, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then do their deaths change? Does that work? Because obviously if you tell someone you're not getting in a car again, you will die. They're not going to believe you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Be interesting. That'd be so tough, like, no, and not knowing the date, but, like, knowing this is how this person's going to die and not knowing when it's going to happen, especially if it's someone close to you. You're like, oh, your best friend is going to die falling out of an airplane. What? <laughs> it's so much. And also, how do you prevent that? Especially if there's a bunch of people around you and they have, like, earthquake or a natural disaster yeah. that you can't prevent. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because then I feel like we can create one of two protagonists. The first protagonist being the typical, like, withdrawn, I've decided not to make friends because my friends will die. Yeah. And that scares me. Or we have the other protagonist who's like, life is short, so I spend every moment I can just trying to appreciate the friends I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's hard because uh, I think it depends on how many people they've seen die. Because it depends on if they think it's inevitable or not. Because some people, they just haven't seen anyone die in their life. Yeah. Like, some people haven't lost anybody. That's just how it is. Mm. And some people have lost a lot of people in their lives. So they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then it comes down to how often does our protagonist witness yeah. death full on? Because there's just going to be some moments where your best friend dies in a plane crash and you never knew they were on that plane. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, like the whole time loop trope where you're a part of this time loop like the example I'm thinking of is there's a bunch of teenagers who are going into this haunted mansion and the haunted mansion eventually kills all of them except for the one who's stuck in the time loop and every time it restarts they're standing outside of the haunted mansion and this kid's trying to beg all of his friends not to go inside but they just kind of laugh at him and, and keep brush it in. off and they keep going in over and over again and it's like this is inevitable like, you can try and save their lives, but it's not going to work. Right. That in itself is an interesting concept. I don't think I've heard the uh, the Haunted House one before. Yeah, I kind of think of that as far as, like, the the trying to save someone's life when you know what their death is going to be. Like, like you said, you tell someone never get in a car again, they're not going to listen to you. No, even if you tell them everything, like, listen, I can see how people die. Like, this is how And they would never believe you. Die. They wouldn't believe you, or even if they did, they can't stop themselves from getting into a car. Yeah. Because there's always that fleeting thought of, but it won't be this time, right? Yeah. 
even if it's something like not as something more avoidable like never get on a plane again like still it's yeah because again there's always if it's uh we're believing in the finite it's always going to end out this way clearly it always ends up that way you're always going to get on that plane yeah and that's that's scary in itself yeah we've spent a hot minute speaking about (laughs) death well death (laughs) this power in particular we have not talked about the little girl (laughs) which i'm like i'm so put off by i can't tell if i like that nobody likes will you play a game with me yeah absolutely like the first answer is no absolutely not (laughs) but it's also like is the little girl necessary for this point (laughs) why is the little girl here because obviously immediate like gut reaction that's an antagonist like that is (laughs) some eldritch entity that you do not play a game with who's gonna kill a lot of people it's not gonna be a good time but like isn't also like facing inevitable death as an antagonist enough like what does this protagonist need to deal with this for (laughs) that's just rough yeah I don't know. Do you think this girl ties into the fact that apparently you will be killing everyone that you can see right now? It's kind of scary. Yeah. Like, it sounds like you're going to, whatever the game is, you're going to lose this game and you're going to kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Almost as though that's the natural consequence of that. Because that's scarier than little girl, will you play with me, is knowing you're going to lose that game. <laughs> That's terrifying. But what if you win that game? Yeah, because then it becomes, what is your, what is the prize? What if it's a death game? That'd be, oh, sexy death game. (laughs) I haven't had, like, a good death game content-wise in a thousand years. But then it's like, this sounds like a a grand scheme death game. Because if you're killing so many people, and people you're probably not close with, Mm -hmm. if you're just walking out of your work building and, oh my god... Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Is it like a philosophical trolley problem in real life? <laughs> or? I don't know. Oh, the trolley problem. That would honestly be so interesting. What if the little girl said that? Like, if you kill every person that you see here right now, then X amount of people will be saved from cancer or cancer will be cured. Right. See, oh, then it becomes a greater good. Yeah. See, that's when our conceptual protagonist fall into the same line of thinking because it's like the protagonist who's been through this and like refuses to make friends is just like for once i actually do have control over something i'm going to take this opportunity and the other protagonist is like well of course i'm going to try and cure cancer Mm -hmm. if that's within my power yeah Mm -hmm. and that's where things get really interesting because of course the natural answer is well you know the few for the many and that's like the scariest line of thinking yeah it makes so much sense, though, but, like, it's so callous at the same time. It is. No, decisions like that are terrifying in media. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this little girl? I don't know. <laughs> I want her to leave. <laughs> <laughs> is it worse that she's a little girl? I think it's, like, naturally we're all terrified of little girls because little girls are, let's like, they're weird. They're all, there's no such thing as a normal little girl. They're all terrifying. If they're not vicious, then they're horse girls, which is another kind of vicious. (laughs) I liked horses growing up. Were you a horse girl? (laughs) Answer the question. (laughs) I 
was really into spirit. Oh no. <laughs> it had a good soundtrack. I mean, from what I've heard, that's probably accurate. I just, I never liked horses because I can't draw them. And it's oh, really? Yeah. No, it's awful. <laughs> it's like, what am I, 20 years old now? Still can't draw a horse. Art school did nothing for me. It's terrible. Now that my horse trauma is out of the way. <laughs> no, it's just like little girls are so instinctively weird, but they're all supposed to represent like naivete, innocence. So... Of course, it's creepy that she's a little girl. It wouldn't be any better if it was anyone else. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess again, we're just thinking worst case scenario. This is an absolute death game. Like this little girl is some greater entity who has the ability to kill masses and cure cancer. What if it's not, though? What if it is just a little girl who's a bit confused and too comfortable with strangers? And who wants to game, play hopscotch. Who wants to play hopscotch or chopsticks or whatever. And somehow this interaction leads to the death of thousands. Yeah, what if she like brings main character around to explore and they run across like a bomb that someone set up but never blew up. Oh yeah, or just like distracts the main character for one or two minutes and somehow that just like... It just messes everything up. Like, main character's attention was clearly supposed to be put somewhere else. What if main character's, like, some bioengineer scientist and whatever's in the building that they just left is volatile? Right. And they didn't realize it. Something they would have known if perhaps they were checking their phone. Yeah. Because it's, it's like those small details. Like, if you had just been paying attention for two minutes, you would have caught it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be scary. Oh, that'd be so sad. Imagine them, like, noticing it, too. Like, there's these noxious clouds coming out of the windows of the building, and they can just see it from the street, and they're like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, yeah. Well, then it's scary, because, like, the direct reason for all those people dying is still you. So it's like, even though other people are going to classify it as an accident because... Well, it's a mass accident. Who could have known? You could have known, and you'll always know that. Oh, God. That's, like, the worst part. Yeah. That's classic survivor guilt, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially because it sounds like you and this little girl survive somehow. Yeah, yeah. Which is the worst part of all. Does that girl get some trauma, too? Oh, definitely. If she's, like, That girl's parents girl. die? Oh, yeah. Like, they were just a couple feet away and just happened to be, whether it's the explosion or they were running into the building. And suddenly our main character has a new daughter. <laughs> yes. So, I was about to say, from the prompt, you never do bring up that question. Does the little girl have you above their head? Yeah, I was thinking about oh. that. What if it did have you, but she didn't die in the explosion, noxious gas, everything? I think that would be the best option. Oh. The best option because then the the next like step is obviously you kill this girl somehow whether you spend years mm -hmm. actually like paying attention to her or you like you separate in this moment and she comes back to attack you for killing her parents. Yeah. There's so many oh my God. good ways you could spin that. Oh, that's such an interesting question for this character. Like, you see this little girl and you're supposed to kill her even though you just killed her parents and maybe a hundred other people. And you're like, 
okay, this child no longer has parents. Do I keep her? Do I put her in an orphanage, into foster care? Like, yeah, like what is the option? Because you're also living with that eye Leave her killed. on the street. Yeah. Like just, or just even abandoning her at the scene, like just running away. Because oh, you assume she's going to die. Like That's in that true. Moment. So then do you run like a coward or do you yeah. run into the building? Like that's how you set up the true heart of a protagonist is what they do in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting prompt. Also trying to tie that one into space. I like we could naturally just talk about the space people take up and the space they also take up when they're lost. But mm-hmm. also like what death means to you is another kind of space. It weighs on you somehow despite not being your own death. Mhm. I think that could be an interesting topic to broach. Yeah could also make it really easy and say whatever this noxious fumes was like some chemical from space that they were experimenting on right or little girls and alien Mm. the boring option (laughs) yeah you you cowards out there thinking about that don't do that And that concludes the first segment of the show. Hope you all have enjoyed the podcast so far. Coming up next, we hear a prompt from Halika that takes us sky high to LA, I guess, and has us question what we are willing to do to know the future. This is Off the Notepad. See you after the break. repeat myself spoblins <laughs> or space goblins fucking producer didn't turn the microphones on i see i see the vibes in the room he's trying to censor <laughs> us little spoblinist <laughs> we invite you here and you just come in with all of this hatred you tell me not to commit any hate crimes on the air and you just how dare you? Our Spoblin viewers will remember this. <laughs> They'll come for you while you're sleeping. The public will know. Oh, God. <laughs> really just out of the floodgates with that one. <laughs> like, just... Hey, 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 there is nothing more fun than fucking on Gavin. <laughs> it's true. If you're ever, like stuck suffering from writer's block highly recommend just finding gavin in the middle of the night if you can and just going off on him telling him he has flaws he couldn't possibly have <laughs> just burst in the room gavin i bet you you the sir ocean. you sir sound like a turtle <laughs> Are you offended by that? <laughs> Do you take that personally? You I'm, should. I'm confused. And you smell like a violin. <laughs> you should be ashamed. <laughs> See, and all of a sudden, now you have a great new idea for your next novel. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. <laughs> Wait, producer man, no. <laughs> producer man, I take it back. <laughs> Come back. He's trying to leave us. It's fine. It's whatever. 
I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so next prompt. Next prompt. Is okay. that mine or is that yours? Um, one of yours, question mark, if you want to get your thing back out. Oh, no. Oh, I've memorized have you? the last one. The last one is my favorite. Oh, um, perfect. This is the, the last of the ha-ha funnies and the last of the prompts I had prepared. That's okay. Don't tell Victoria. She doesn't know. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I did, in fact, know, though. Oh. Halika <laughs> didn't. Okay. I want you to picture this. You're sitting on a plane. You're going to L.A., I guess. That's actually what it says on the terminal, L.A., I guess. Um, <laughs> very important world building. Uh, you're sitting on this plane, and this older woman whose like, arms are just covered in all sorts of jewelry just sits down next to you. It's like a loud clank. As the plane is about to like get ready to take off, this older woman turns to you with this big, kind of creepy smile, and she tells you, that she can predict your future, but she's gonna need you to do a couple favors for her first. This is the prompt. What are her favors? Ooh. And do you accept? Personally, fuck no. <laughs> that sounds not. terrifying. <laughs> so sketchy. Oh. <laughs> fuck all. I don't know. I don't wanna know <laughs> shit about my future. Mm-mm, absolutely not. It is like. <laughs> Flight prompts are the ones that scare me the most because it's like, mm. don't speak to me if we're on a flight, you know? That's my favorite part about the prompt, though, is that you're on a plane and you cannot get away. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. And the way I'm envisioning it, too, is like it's not uh, like an aisle seat. Like you are stuck by the window. This woman is trapping you in. I love window seats. No, They're amazing, but not when there's a scary older woman who's like perform a couple of tasks for me and I'll tell you things you didn't want to know about yourself. It's threatening. I kind of wonder if these tasks aren't cuz like the first thought I had when you're like, "Oh, she's wearing so much jewelry." is like, "I've never been a thief before, but today it begins. Today is my like, first step." What if one of the tasks she asks you to do is to pickpocket her? See, that would be interesting. Yeah. See, I was also wondering if this could turn into like a, an action story prompt where it's like she needs your help to stop this plane from crashing. Oh, I was going in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> she needs your help to commit terrorism. See, that's like there's so many options. Like, who yeah. is this creepy ass woman? Yeah. What does she want? Is she human? See, that's why I was like, it fits into our space theme. It's like, <laughs> is she human? And also, the idea of knowing your future is so overwhelming in its own because then technically you know exactly how much space you'll take up forever Mm -hmm. because if this woman can do what she says and she just dumps all this information on you one is it like classic future stuff where well now you're not going to do anything that correlates with that future or is it going to happen exactly as she says Mm. I love stories that play with the idea of future because I'm a strong believer in like determinism as opposed to free will me too yeah. free will makes no sense Mm-mm. and the fact that you see your future is genuinely a part of the determinism like you see your future and there's only one possible way for you to react to seeing your future exactly so technically that wasn't really your future that was just part of your life which is so wild because then it's like this interaction with this woman like it was all planned mm-hmm. and in a sense did she know because she had to if she could see your future. She knew where you would be. She got on this flight yeah. to L.A., I guess, 
to meet you specifically. Yeah. Which almost implies that you are the only one who could perform these tasks. Mm-hmm. Which is why it would be so funny if they're just like, I need you to pick up this spoon when I mm-hmm. drop it in two hours. <laughs> oh, God. Have you... It's it's a short story and it's a movie. I don't remember for the life of me what it's called, but like these aliens land on the planet and the big part about the story is that these aliens don't see time in the same way that people do it's like they can see everything at once and we can't we don't understand their language at first because it's like this circular pattern that is infinite yeah is that the is it the arrival yes Yes. the arrival Yeah. yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking about like she knows everything that's going to happen and she passes that on to you. to someone which is so interesting because then it's like does she pass on this burden as a whole to you like now you get to tell the future to other people on their flights oh god which is so wild like i just want to know the specifications of this woman's power and why does she have so much money why does she why is she so rich why is she so weird again who talks to other people on planes only people you don't want to talk to your first task pickpocket everyone on the plane <laughs> See, I was wondering, it could be something like, you have to do something really shitty on this plane. Yeah. Because perhaps this isn't a flight to LA. Join the Mile High Club. Join the Mile High Club. Yes, Mr. Producer. What if, uh, what if this leads into D.B. Cooper's, like, heist? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you two? <laughs> Uh, D.B. Cooper uh, stole a shit ton of money in flight and then parachuted out of the plane. Oh, Jesus. So it could be like a... That would also be interesting. A heist on a plane is already like... It's a bubble episode with the heist situation. So it's like things can't change. Things have to be static because they're so stuck here. But somehow you have to manipulate in a way where you can get out of the plane. Like That would be crazy. You know what would be interesting is if like... You have to complete these three tasks, right? But what if you get a little bit of information for each task you complete until the last one? Mm. And the first one that you get, you complete the first task, and this lady says, someone's going to die on this plane before we land. <gasps> God. It'd be interesting, too, because if you like try and build it so it's... Uh like you think it's the um like the sexy flight attendant who's like been so nice to you this whole time and you're so worried it's her but then it actually turns out to be someone completely different mm-hmm. and they die anyways mm-hmm. that would be interesting yeah because like did you fail the task if you don't stop so and so from dying like if your oh. task is help make sure this person doesn't die or just keep an eye on this person and you fuck up what happens then what happens if you fuck up the tasks there's failure involved now fuck yeah it's like you get thrown off the plane because <laughs> low stakes the woman just doesn't tell you like she doesn't say anything yeah she lies to you <laughs> she tells you something that won't happen <laughs> but makes it sound vague enough that it might Ooh, what if what if instead of revealing your future to you she takes some of your future from you Oh, that would be cool. Not for you if you fuck up the task. <laughs> <laughs> like, because she could even tell you like what she takes away. Oh. But then, what would stop you from attacking this woman? Is it just the desire to want to know? Well, 
I mean, the fact that this creepy ass woman knows the future and is offering it to you for these cryptic three tasks makes me believe I can't take her in a fight. Right? Like, it's because if she's not human, like we've been speculating, yeah. I'm not fighting. No, nah, I'm good. On a plane? Like, that's not <laughs> yeah, going to go well. Yeah, it's, it's not a good idea to do that on a plane either. Mm-mm. Nope. Some buff flight attendant's going to come up, throw you in with the luggage. Just break you in half. And shove one of the, the pills they give animals to keep them knocked out. Yeah, that'll be you. In a tiny kennel. <laughs> and it would look so bad, too, because it doesn't matter... Because I always imagine the protagonists uh, either sticking with a teenage boy or just a teenager in general. I always imagine them so much younger than this older woman. It's just going to look bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to get up ready to throw hands with her, and everyone is going to be like, that's an old woman. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also interested in this flight itself because, like, we're in McMinnville, Oregon, right? And to L.A., that's, like one two-hour flight Mm -hmm. what if we're going from maine to la that's eight (laughs) sixteen hey hey if the plane gets a little lost fucking germany okay okay uh depending on like which way you go it can be like six to eight hours Mm. can you get that on one plane or is it normally two uh, one plane. One plane, typically. So yeah. you're stuck on a plane with someone for six to eight hours. See, that would be crazy. Especially if, like, you're doing shitty things. Like, the tasks are shitty. Like, maybe mm-hmm. you, you trip the flight attendant or something like mm-hmm. that. So everyone on this plane is starting to hate you. And you're just getting to learn more and more things about your future. What if one of your tasks is to kiss a teenage girl who's sitting right next to her dad? Oh. It's like, would you trade... Your, like, your dignity, your reputation for... Because, obviously, you're going to be blacklisted from the flight. You keep doing shitty things, and no one's going to mm-hmm. want you on their plane. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. Because I feel like we could write a protagonist who wouldn't yeah. care. Who would just be like, I have to know. I'm, I might get a black eye. So, so who is this protagonist? Why do they need to know? Because there's got to be, like, both of us were like, fuck no, we don't want to know our future. What is it in a person that makes them need to know their future? Oh, this is like anxiety, like stick up ass. Mm-hmm. I have to know what happens because we can't control where we go. Yeah. So it's like for me, I just don't think about it because if I don't think about it, it's not real. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a great way to deal with things. <laughs> but it's like, you know, for me, it's a day by day event. Mm-hmm. But like for someone who is so desperate, like everything in their life has been planned one way or another. They have they're a control freak. It has to go according to plan. So they have to know where they end up. Well, wouldn't someone with a plan assume they already know where they're going, though? Right, but this woman introduces the anxiety of, do you actually know? And I think that's what makes her scary. Yeah, maybe she's like this knowledgeable, this man's like, huh, I already, I realize I just made it a man, but (laughs) this guy's like, (laughs) the dude. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's like, oh, I already know where I'm going. I'm going to be the head editor of Camus at Linfield. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Submissions, December 13th. And he explains his entire life and where he's going, and this woman is like, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, you I'm think that's like actually going to happen? Yeah. 
just like i even love the idea that she hints at like things going wrong so then he has to know so he can uh plan in advance yeah but that's what makes our discussion about the future earlier so interesting because like if you can't change that you can't plan yeah so wouldn't that just drive this character like yeah it would drive him batty that's why i like the idea of this plane ride being so long because we can spend the first half of the plane ride with her just going full mental torture on this man like oh yeah yeah it's just like it's so interesting depending on what the tasks are too because if they're yeah. minimal it's gonna make him like overthink like well, what is this gonna lead to oh yeah it's just gonna lead to nothing i would love it to like scale up so hard like the first one's like real like non-consequential mm. at all like maybe you um grab something off of the trolley cart as it goes by mm-hmm. or like litter just yeah, like toss litter. something in the aisle yeah the second one ups the stakes a little bit the third one murder somebody oh yeah like full-on put someone's like someone has a peanut allergy on the plane <gasps> someone has a peanut allergy on the plane you just oh, have to get the peanuts no. there. yeah because it's so easy it's so easy and that's what makes it worse yeah but even for someone who's like a methodical protagonist, like again, it's too easy, and that rush they get, it scares them. Yeah. The best part about this, like at the end of the story, the twist ending could be that this woman cannot see the future. <laughs> this is just a crazy old woman. She's just a psychopath. Because I just I love the idea of some like twenty-something woman coming up to the their little seating area after mm-hmm. and she's like mom are you messing with your i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for her <laughs> like just she does this all the time i hope she didn't freak you out too much i swear we're getting her on some new meds mm-hmm. and just like oh and if anyone wanted to make it fit that came as prompt then he could she could be trying to convince him that she's an alien that'd be the best part just how many lies can this woman stack yeah or you could uh make her a real alien i guess <laughs> i wouldn't be disappointed she could be like like the essence, the soul of a star. Oh yeah. I I like the idea that this woman only exists on planes. Oh <laughs> be, like, so fucked. Like as soon as the plane lands, she goes up to go to the bathroom, she never comes back. She's gone. That would be so awesome for like the end of this narrative where she goes to the bathroom and this man just learned about his future and he's panicking and he's terrified and he's like pushing past everyone trying to get to the bathroom slamming on the door opens it she's not there no no and it's just like it's absolutely insane you could even go like full mind fuck was the woman ever there none of the other passengers saw her because i love the idea we set this up at the beginning like he bought both seats Mm-hmm. he bought both seats but the old woman she's like no like it was an emergency flight she makes up some bullshit story because mm-hmm. again that plays into her whole thing like i have to be on this plane to help someone whatever mm-hmm. it's wild you just torture this man torture this man for his hubris absolutely it's what they deserve <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love that prompt yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I can't match that. <laughs> Fuck. You want to tell your hearing bins see the difference? Yeah, sounds good. 